You're listening to. You're listening to Bunny Radio. Hey everybody, this is Cooley the Cool Man uh, with the Umbani Radio. I'm so excited today, you know, I've got the man in the house. Oh, oh, oh thank you, bro. Jordan now Monte. Hey, Cooley, with Cooley, what's good, man? How are you, my friend? Oh, it's a good day, you know, very happy, a long setup, but it's worth it, you know? I, I, I really I really appreciate you coming in, bro. You no, know, thank it's you, been oh, It's been long overdue. So, ladies and gentlemen, and to people who are watching and people who are listening, uh, the gentleman I have on the studio uh, is Jordan Almonte. Jordan is from uh, here in Connecticut in yes. Southbury by where I live mm. and is joining us on the studio because there's so many things that we need to talk about. Uh, he's Africa diaspora like me. Uh, so his mom is from Jamaica and your dad is from Queens, correct? Uh, the uh, Dominican, yeah, Dominican Republic. Do- Dominican Republic. Right, right. And that's a so. small island next to... Yeah, well, south of Florida, like the rest south of everything. Florida. Oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? The Dominican Republic is close to what country, though? For people On the other side of... Puerto Rico. Oh, other side of Puerto Rico. Yeah. I've been to Puerto Rico. Actually. Have you? Yeah, oh, it's, it's nice. a beautiful place. So Jordan is actually uh, the first, first show. This is why I say this is a great day that I get to uh, uh, talk to this man. The oh, first, first show it, I did. You know, Guess who was there with me? Yes. Jordy, bro. You know it, bro. Oh, my yeah, God. Man. Last time I spoke... love you. Oh, bro. I love oh, you, man. Oh, my God. Last time we spoke, uh, Bitcoin price was $1,000. Uh, oh, you know what? Hang on to that. We're going to get into that because the reason why Jordan is gay, is joining us today, um, he's a student at uh, Westcon. Is This is your final year, right? Yes, yes. I this is his final year, and finally he's graduating graduate. soon, and he's a finance student, and yes. he knows a little bit more about finance and all of that stuff. And for us, Africa diaspora people, uh, people over here and overseas, we want to know about these currencies and all of that stuff. So that's why we brought him in, because he's going to tell us a little bit more, because he knows a lot about this stuff. So uh, introducing Jordan, uh, I also want to ask you a question, sir, which is very important uh, mm. for everybody listening and everybody watching. Uh, can you just sum up uh, where where you grew up and what made you to be so interested in finance? Because you are a really young man. Thank you. You know, I um, grew up, uh, moved from Queens, like elementary school. I grew up in Southbury, Connecticut. Um, you know, it's a pretty suburban town. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not until I must have been like nineteen or twenty <clears throat> when I finally got into investing. Um, you know, stocks primarily was the apple of my eye, and uh, I, I, uh, you know, had a little bit of money at the time, and I uh, decided to get into it head on. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's almost the empirical um things. The right now, the culmination of me is just a sum of all my empirical. Um, experiences so it's just everything i've seen is what made me who i am today but thank god i'm in school so this way i get to learn about it the textbook way because it's one thing to go through it and uh textbooks versus street smarts wall street smarts, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. you, you know what jody uh one thing that i like about you my brother is that um well, your understanding of uh, uh, finance is actually more than a hobby to you. It's actually a passion, and it's actually yeah. something that you like to be making a difference right. in. Um, just give me a little bit. Uh, like, who inspired you to actually learn a bit about finance? Was that your father? Was it a family member? Because there's a lot of people that inspire people to do things. So, who inspired you? 
Well, of course, you know, I got to give it up to my mom, um, you know, coming from Jamaica, you know, really came from the mud and, you know, now she's here making something for herself, you know, went to Yale, went to Fordham, all that good stuff. Um, so that's kind of inspiring. Not kind of, it really is, because uh, to know that you can really do whatever you put your mind to is the exact logic I said when, well, I wondered what it's like to make money with a lot of money, but although I don't have a lot of money, what can I do to replicate what they do? Because they're still earning at the end of the day, so it's like, they're no different than me. So, if I, you know, that's the beautiful thing about money, you know, it's equal. I say yeah. um, people, uh, once you become a millionaire... You know, you're no longer an ex, you know, a black millionaire. You're just a millionaire now. Mm, like, mm, you know, mm. the money speaks more than whatever you are. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Now, let me ask you a question, though. As a black man living in a place like, um, I mean, in Connecticut, uh, what uh, has... What has that done for you, uh, living in a place like Connecticut where I know there is a lot of, um, you know, diaspora black community mm -hmm. and all. Right. But, uh, I'm not too sure, like, how much did that, um, or how much did that affect your upbringing? And if it, uh, if it did affect your upbringing, it was it in a positive note? Or do you have any experiences that you can share with us that uh, growing up as a black man in Connecticut that you might want to share with us? You know, the thing about it is that uh, why I think I love finance so much is back to the whole thing about, you know, money is like, although it's green, it's really colorless. And being, you know, Spanish, you know, in Jamaican, I live with my mom. So in South Bay, the town I grew up, not too many Spanish people. So I'm not able to practice. Um, that kind of set me back in terms of like cultural norms, I guess, or like, you know, not just a lot of white people in that town. So I wasn't, yeah, I didn't have a lot of, I guess, that same surroundings or like pressures that some people would feel. I mean, I always still to this day feel like I get looked at wherever I go, but it, but this time around, it's black people look at me a certain way, white folk look at me a certain way, Spanish people look at me a certain way. And it's almost like it's all the whatever negative response really comes from the individual, not what they look like, you know. So now I can see people for who they are, even beyond their skin, because so many different people are already influencing me that I just don't need to feel to stick to one um should I say, uh, viewpoint, you know, from okay. one uh, objective. Sorry if I get a little bit uh, too crazy there. Oh, no, no, you didn't. But, but um, now let me ask you a question, though, okay? So now, because that's a dilemma that I think a lot of people who, are, who have mixed races have, you know, right. uh, you kind of like find a way of relating with uh, one or the other. Right. So do you relate more to uh, black American I like African American, mm. or who do you relate mostly with? Because I mean, I'm sure you have two influences there. And uh, when it comes to, uh, because you are raised by a Jamaican woman, mm -hmm. and um, when it comes to um, Jamaican, are you mm -hmm. close to any Jamaicans? Have you been to Jamaica? Absolutely. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely, I've been to Dominican Republic, where I learned to dance. 
and oh, I okay. went to Jamaica. Oh, and you can dance. Food. You know, when the time comes, ah, I'll see you on the floor. Bruh, you know, you know what? I'm gonna throw in a tune right now oh, and see yeah, if you can I, do that. You know, I just, I just may. never I, seen you do one. But uh, you know, I, you know what? I'll get, I'll get you one of these days. You, you know, know? Yeah. when I'm playing one of my African mixes, I'll oh, yeah. see you dance. Now bring out the bachata. Ah, bring the bachata. You see what's up? Uh And uh, I definitely have to say, you know, it's a little bit of everything. You know, you can't, I I try not to be extreme with um, one side or the other because it's weird to say, but like, you know, I relate from Jamaicans as much as to Spanish folk. I'm still learning the language, of course, uh, you know, not able to practice it all the time, but um, I I feel like I kind of almost relate to everyone. And this is what brings me back to my love of money because it relates to everyone, no matter who you are, you know, Mm, it's very sobering. That's true. That's true. But now, let me ask you a question on this, though, because this is the one other important thing I want to ask you about. Mm. So, being uh, raised by a Jamaican woman Mm. uh, and uh, her experiences Mm -hmm. of uh, as a black woman, especially from outside the country, Mm -hmm. has your mom ever filled you in, like, in terms... We know that when we are Africans, we're coming from all over the world, and we're in different parts of the world, there's an African diaspora, like your mom is coming from Jamaica. Right. Being in America is a whole different country, it's a whole different uh, living and lifestyle. Right. Um, What are some of the um, experiences maybe she has shared with you that has made it out or kind of made it sad or kind of made it miss home? And is she cook a lot of Jamaican food? And if she does, what's your favorite? Oh, of course, you know, as typical as this is going to sound, but, you know, the oxtail, big fan of that. You oh, know, I so love we the break oxtail, that around man. the house. Um, well, what does she put on the oxtail? I'm sorry, now I'm, I'm going to the food. Well, a whole bunch of different spices. For me, I consume <laughs> anything, so I wish I could go into detail, but I just eat <laughs> does it. Does she make that Jamaican jerk? Is that what it's called? Yes, uh-huh. yes, jerk chicken as well. But I don't yeah. know what goes into I need to learn how to cook. So I'm trying to find a... You know, a Jamaican uh, lady. To <laughs> stuff, so. Find a Jamaican lady, man. You'll be all right. I uh, knock on wood. You know? <laughs> I'm right here. I got a big order to fill. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> but now tell her about, tell us if she ever shared any of her experiences about moving in this country and uh, trying to settle in and all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, it was different, you know, um, because when she moved over here, we lived in New York prior to this. And, um, you know, she just always was working. I remember I was young. She picked me up. Um, I didn't want to get into too, too much detail because, um, you know, we had left, uh, the Queens was pretty, you know, hardcore back then. Mm. So my mom was, um, I mean, I remember, you know, I, I just remember there were a lot of groups outside at all times, you know, Rosedale, Queens, you know, Mm. I don't know how it looks now. I've been there in like 15, you know, 10 years, but. You know, my mom just knew to get out of there. So when he came to Southbury, um, you know, it was complete opposite. It's dark everywhere, no lights, no people really in the, after a certain hour. So that change from, um, was really from, uh, there to here, uh, I think was a big part of me. In terms of stories with my mom, I mean, thankfully, you know, for all I know, you know, it wasn't too much turmoil. You know, I remember back in Jamaica, she had like, you know, seven sisters. So it was her, you know, the mom and, she she was responsible because mom was like you know uh, out and stuff, so she had uh, to hold them down. Eventually, she left, came over here, went through the immigration process, and you know took it from there. So that's a beautiful thing, you know. The world is anyone's oyster, you know. It's, Absolutely. it's a shame um, how you know. I wish it was that way for everybody, but you get what you put in, you know. Absolutely. But now let me ask you a question uh, right there uh, with that. Um, so your mom actually, what does she say? 
uh, in, in in terms of um, you know uh, Jamaicans uh, in Jamaica like does she uh, go back and see her sisters and uh, family yeah we uh, how are they doing and how is Jamaica right now so we attended um, our aunt's wedding my aunt's sister's wedding back like last two Novembers ago and it's really beautiful down there I mean yes we did stay at a resort but then we went off to go into uh, mainland Jamaica and you know it's it's interesting. You know, I see a lot of opportunity there. Personally, I wish I could somehow get like financing in there because it's still I'm not going to lie like it could, you know, use some renovation when you go outside the resort. You know, th- there's no hiding that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, these Jamaican mm-hmm. people, they're out here working. They, you know, need help. It's simple. Yeah. So now, uh, Jordan, uh, one other thing that I wanted to touch base with you before, uh, we finish this part of the, of the show, because mm-hmm. I know I talk to you about a lot about Africa and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have this, uh, book, uh, that I might want you to get your hands on. Okay. Um, this is actually, um, for the people who can see, this is actually Musa Zulu. Uh, Musa Zulu is a friend of mine. Um, I'll show the book a little closer so that people can see it. Uh, it's right here. So Musa Zulu. Um, is right here. He's actually a friend of mine and he's okay. uh, based out of South Africa. And uh, his book is The Mastering the Art of Self-Motivation. Yes. I know that this is the kind of things that, I, I, you know, I've seen movies with a lot of people who are in, uh, uh, people who are in stocks and all of this right. stuff because we're going to talk about it. Right. That they use a lot of things to motivate themselves right. because it's an up and down process. Right. So you might want to get yourself to this book because okay. seriously, it's a really, really good book. I'm going to hand it over to you right now. Thank you. Uh, it's a very good book. And uh, do me a favor. Uh, tell everybody about it. Uh, share it to the blogs that you go to uh, on finance and stuff. And tell everybody about this guy. And this is a part of it is his uh, fine art. He does a lot of art. Okay. As you could see. Yeah, he does a lot of art, so he is a really good artist. Uh, and then wow. there's also a DVD too. Uh, okay. And uh, I'm going to also give you that. But I just want you to read this book and get to understand him and know about him and see if he can share it with some of your friends. What kind of books are you reading right now? So right now, I just want to say about this book really quick, really half the battle in terms of all this marketing stuff and or marketing in terms of this market's and financial assets, you know, it all starts from within because yeah. everyone is, you know, I like to say, if you want it, you can have it for better or for worse. And really knowing when to be somewhere at the right time and when not to be is half the battle. That's almost like everyday life decisions, you know, and, and really, if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be very hard to find anyone else to believe in you. Absolutely. Or you could almost say the whole world is, you could support you, but. Uh, if you don't believe in yourself, you won't go anywhere. So this is really half the battle, that self-motivation, because people battle this every day. So Absolutely. I definitely will be taking a look. Uh, what kind of books am I reading right now? Uh, I'm still rereading, um, excuse me, um, Securities Analysis by, um, it has the forward with Warren Buffett. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm rereading that over again because uh, it really gave a brief history of the markets. You know your history. You're able to get a better idea or not to repeat. Uh, in terms of, you know, blowing up accounts and things like that. So uh, it's an interesting read. It goes more into, you know, Great Depression, what really happened, not what really happened, what happened in the financial markets Mm -hmm. and um, things like the 2008 um, 
financial crisis as well. So Absolutely. We will break it down some more. And uh, right now, Jordan, I would just say to the, um, the people who are viewing this and also the people over in, uh, who are listening on the radio, I will say that we'll be right back. Uh, we've got more things to talk about. Okay. And I really appreciate you, Jordan. Okay. Oh, we'll, be to- we'll be talking more about a lot of things, folks. And uh, thank you for listening. Check out Umbani Radio Podcasts on TuneIn, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. You're listening to You're listening to Umbani Radio. Welcome back, everybody. And I have Jordan uh, Amonte, and uh, today is a fresh day. We're talking about another stuff. So um, today. Jordan, I got you back, my brother. I'm so excited that we are back talking about this. And uh, oh, yeah. we, we are back, going to be talking about a lot of finance. And a lot of people are interested to know about stuff. So now I, I remember on the last part of it, we talked about uh, how much you, um, uh, you said you're reading a few books and stuff right. and then right. how you got started. So before we go into that, I just want to mention something. Yes, bro. Uh, first <laughs> of all, I'm just want to highlight the shirt I'm wearing. You know, I got this shirt uh, from a friend of mine from Zambia. Her name is oh. Tisulego. Shout out to Tisulego. She's down in Florida right it's now. A uh, yeah, friend of mine. She, 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 she got this shirt from somewhere in Zambia. Hey, man, I love this shirt. Yeah, man. Man. It's, it's so African, you know. Yeah. I'm in that Black Panther now, you know. I, yeah. I feel ah, like it. Okay, I feel like okay. It. What's up that with that big jacket you wore, oh, man? Oh, man. You know, it's getting cold out. Oh, you dress my warm. God. You know? You oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's Very like real. a blanket, boy. I thank you, bro. Oh Goes my down God. You to can, my knees. You can, <laughs> you know, I gotta be careful where you I wear can this. sleep in that, I, bro. You can easily just like cover I yourself, you know. Come on, made, man. Just, it's not that cold. You were, you're from here, dude. You shouldn't be worried about the I, cold. Uh, it still know, bothers you, huh? It doesn't, you know, there's a reason why, uh, <laughs> Connecticut, uh, the ends up the stats came out for year 2017 that uh, you know two percent of people left Connecticut uh, last year, so it's that cold. It's last that year, cold. In 2017, yeah, two percent of the population Ooh, Connecticut left. That's so, a lot of people. Yeah, so they that's left a for lot a reason. Uh, oh. They left for a reason, that's for sure. Hey, um, <laughs> no, I love hey, 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 listen, man, I just want to talk to you about a couple of things so that uh, we can be able to get started. Uh, the most important thing that I mm. want us to get started about is that um, I want to know when you first got started, mm-hmm. uh, when you first got started, uh, when did you get started to know about finance and uh, and uh, what inspired you and how much money did you start it with? So the biggest thing for me was uh, information is all over the place. You know, mm. these are public companies. So, mm. you know, as the public we have every right to know um of accounting history who's running the business mm. things like that so i'm saying in reference to stocks mm. so the thing about it is i used to watch a whole ton of cnbc I used to watch a whole ton of Reuters, bloomberg i paid for cnbc news 24-hour news cycle for like six months it was like eighty dollars a month are you serious yeah you really couldn't obsessed. get this thing on the internet at the time or you no? could but it's like a premium service oh, so okay. i you know i thought that's what i needed for my trading and i have some other like alternative sources but then i stopped the whole cnbc thing and i like i only kind of pay attention to what mainstream news has to say nowadays um mm. but 
you know, they do give news, but there's always something, always something blurry. Like the news sources I get my information from, CNBC will like allude to. So how did I get started? Basically had a little bit of money saved up. I mean, you know, it's only like $500. And in reality, you know, if you know the math behind, um, I mean, it's just like anything. If I have uh, 10 globes, and they're ten dollars each, so I spent a hundred dollars worth of globes, mm-hmm. and I sell them for two hundred dollars. Well, I doubled my money, right? I got them at ten. I sold them for twenty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Theoretically, mm-hmm. so that's really the math behind all this stuff. It's kind of like anything else, and that's why I think that um, they it, it's kind of a little bit tough to get involved in markets as an individual. So mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's the big thing. My biggest inspiration was probably Jim Jim Cramer. I have to say, uh, Jim Cramer is a crazy man on CNBC, right? Yes, he is. He is. Uh, he's the Mad Money host, and so mad it doesn't get old, host. though. It doesn't get old. He doesn't. Yeah, I, I like the man. guy, but you know, some of his picks, you know, we're not financial. You know, I'm not. But now, how do you keep him. up with that guy? Because as soon as he start talking, man, he just goes on and on. And I actually on, uh, showed up on the show one day. I actually called in, and he uh, picked up. You know, and I was like, oh my god, I'm on. I tried to record it. But um, for some reason, you know, technology has a mind of its own. And the only seven seconds, you know, the only 30 seconds of clip that I wanted, I couldn't. What? So why did you call in the show? I called I call probably a year ago, back when I was trading stocks like that. Or, you know, because now um, I don't really trade stocks too much anymore. I moved into a lot of foreign exchange and bonds. But mm. when I was following stocks like that... um. Yeah, I definitely was like, oh my God, I can't wait to what Jim Cramer has to say tonight. What should I be looking for? Plays and stuff. So I, I called about there about a year or two ago for Earthlink, ELNK, mm. back when it was $2, rose to $6. I was like, what do you oh, think oh, of that, Jim? Oh, 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 take it easy now. I t- I t- hey, that's just foreign language to me. So I t- you were calling in for a particular stock that you were looking for? Yeah. Okay. When you call there, they ask you, um, okay, what stock do you want to talk about? Uh-huh. So I think they do it in advance. So I took a call, I waited like five minutes, and then I actually saw, they did hang up on me midway, though. I think I was going off too long. I just was so excited. Oh, uh, okay, all right. All I was right. just like, and what about this, and what about that? And they hung up. So, <laughs> right. But they give, give you information from what you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, Jim Cramer's take. You yeah, know what no, I mean? absolutely. So it goes, Earthlink, I spoke <laughs> to the manager the other day, and he said, I'm like, damn, the other day? Uh, <laughs> Man, brother, you are such a nerd, you know? I, such, oh. <laughs> hey, man. That actually is a compliment. No, thank you, bro. Pound sign on that. You know, thank you. That is Tell a that compliment. Tell that to the ladies, please. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Ah. <laughs> oh, hey, listen, boy. some of the ladies, they really do like nerds. You know what's good about nerds? What's that? They always know where the money is. I, oh, you know what I mean? We try. I feel like nerds are like pimps. I, you know what I mean? They oh, always dear. know how to flip that coin. I, you know, they always to. know how. You know, they have to. You pimping? That's, what are you pimping? Companies? Nah, I'm, I'm pimping cryptocurrency. Uh, right now. Cryptocurrency. Right, talk a little so. bit about that nonsense, man. man. Because you know what? You talk to me about it. You know what? Let me tell you something. Last time I heard about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all of those things, yeah. it was with you. I, and I still sit here and say. Why was Jordan telling me about that thing, and what was the interest for you in that? Oh, for well, the whole concept of um, fundamentally these Bitcoin, because Bitcoin itself is just one of the many cryptocurrencies. There are hundreds of cryptocurrencies. Mm. 
And what what which one are you interested in in Bitcoin, right? Uh yeah, it's the first, it's the core, it's the first one. It's like the the Gucci of cryptocurrencies. Mm. It said the one everyone knows, or I like to say the Louis Vuitton of cryptocurrency, that the one that everyone knows, the one that costs the most, mm. you know, but if you have it, it's the real deal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the whole thing behind Bitcoin is that so some people say, Oh, I it's like virtual money, you know. And some people may say it's like fake money. It is fake money. I, the thing is, is that what, what is, is all price? Money. What is all price action? I mean, we only say the price of milk is $3 is because Stop and Shop is selling it for $3. But yeah. you go down to your local food market and they're selling gallon or gallon of milk for a dollar. But the now price? let me ask you a very strict question. Yeah. A very strict question, which is person in the street, right? right? The person in the street, when they hear about you, Mm-hmm. Talking about some virtual money, right? Uh, and they're asking themselves, mm. "Okay, what if there's some crap that is going on? I can't go to the bank and withdraw this thing and put it in my closet or in the basement, right? Because you know that's what we as individuals think. You know, right. uh, I'm an African man. We believe in trading, and we were trading cows before." Um, anything else? Money was introduced to us as with by Europeans, right? So we do believe on touching something. We want something to be uh, what do you call it? Uh, tangible, tangible right? right? So it, the currency, like that kind of currency, is not tangible, right? You can't touch it, right? So when things go down, what are you gonna do? So here's and you bring up a very valid point here. You bring up a valid valid point because. The whole point behind Bitcoin is it's a decentralized network. What that means is that with our money today, we trust the, on the back. You know, it says back by the Federal Reserve. We use the money that we use today because if anyone's going to take this as payment, it's the government. Mm. Yeah, true. And, and what are the only two things guaranteed? Taxes and, you know, passing. So the thing is we value money because the government will take it. Now, you may say to yourself, well, what if the government had ill intentions for the people? Like, for example, the government really works hard to keep the price at, of milk at $3 every day. They they have operations and they do a whole bunch of things to make sure the price of milk is $3 today and it stays that way for the next month, for the next year. You know, give or take a couple cents, but for the most part, it's $3, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. So unlike in Venezuela where, you know, or back in Russia, when the price of oil was crashing, Russia sells a lot of oil. Same with Venezuela. That's what, no coincidence that they're having the same problems. But, you know, over there, you know, the price of milk will cost $3 one day. And then the next day, the price of milk will cost $10. Like, mm-hmm. how do you plan life when things are fluctuating like that? Yeah, you true, know what I mean? True, true. That is volatile. So, you know, when you have something like uh, when the price of oil was crashing down, you know, like over in Russia – the Russians themselves and their marketplaces were moving over. They dropped the Russian rubles, the Russian currency, and picked up euros. You know, so mm. I say for you living in the States, imagine instead of using American dollars, you had to use Canadian dollars or Mexican pesos. Like, you know how crazy that would be to say, I don't want this domestic currency. I want something else. So bring it back to Bitcoin. Decentralize the trust that we have in our government to protect the prices of goods. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin sets to do by itself by algorithms. And it gets a little bit into detail because you have 
people like you and me that use the Bitcoin. A, we buy the Bitcoin, right? Well, there's two ways to obtain Bitcoin. One, you could buy it. Then I need to send it to you, right? Because you just paid me or I just paid you. Hmm. So what happens is kind of like when you swipe your credit card, and this is a very you know, uh, surface definition, but when you swipe your credit card, you wait for the verification and it says accepted. There are people that verify transactions and they get paid out in Bitcoin. So by us using the Bitcoin amongst each other, it helps the people verify the Bitcoin. They get paid out in Bitcoin. Then they start transaction with somebody else. But there are people who verify that transaction. They get paid out. So it kind of works out um, by itself. When more people use it, um, it works out. Um, you know what, Jordan? Let's just uh, stop for a little bit. We're gonna come back and talk some more about this stuff. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. Right. Thank you. Check out Umbani Radio podcasts on TuneIn, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music.